Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Legends of Babel confirm the Bible. This is Ken Ham, a missionary with a passion for God's Word and the Gospel. Genesis tells us that originally the entire world spoke one language. Now soon after the global flood, people rebelled against God's command to fill the earth. So God confused their speech. Families then spoke in different languages. If this really happened, we'd expect many cultures to have stories of a time when there was only one language. And this is exactly what we see. Just as creation and flood legends exist in cultures all across the world, so the legends of a time when everyone spoke the same language. Some of these legends even have a tower, just like in Genesis. When scripture talks about Earth's history, we can trust it. You see, God, who never lies, is the ultimate author of the Bible. We can be confident that the history he's given us is true. Discover more about the ancient Tower of Babel and the life-size ark we're building by going to our website, AnswersInGenesis.org. AnswersInGenesis.org. This is Anne Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. What seemingly impossible task has God given you to do? Have you done it, or are you procrastinating? What if Noah had procrastinated and told God he would build the ark, but at a time when he felt more capable? or when his financial situation was more stable, or when his family was more self-sufficient, or when it was just more convenient. If Noah had the attitude many of us do when God gives us an assignment beyond our ability, he would have been totally unprepared for the horrifying devastation when it struck, and we wouldn't be here today to talk about it. Instead of procrastinating, Noah obeyed without question or hesitation. Genesis 6.22 says that he did everything just as God commanded him. Listen to me. What is your impossible task? Obey God just as he has commanded. You'll be glad you did. This is Anne Graham Lotz. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. You're on the morning gospel program. Morning inspirations. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus walks. Oh, when he walks. When Jesus Oh, happy day. 
happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus walks. Oh.
said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good.
Thank you.
the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. If weeping lasts 
even know where you've been. There's a strength in your bones, way down in the fibers of your soul. Stretch your hands toward heaven and your forces we unfold. Good morning to my sister, strong Nubian princess. This is your wake up call. Come out of your trenches to the European woman and the lady from the Orient. I've got a message for you, girl. This is the master, the master's message that is sent. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Bible says perfect peace will God keep in you if your mind will be stayed upon Him. Peace does not come by affixing our attention upon the problems. You know, we can worry about problems. We can worry about difficulties. We can think about this and that, but, you know, it doesn't seem to change things. So worry does not cure problems, does it? Worry does not fix anything. Worry only magnifies things. But when we put our attention upon God and His Word and His promises to us, it changes our outlook. It, it changes everything for us. And we can live, and we can live in freedom and live in peace without the sense of anxiety and nervousness and, and anxiousness and fear and all these things. God wants you to be encouraged today. Could you say this with me? God wants us to be encouraged. God wants us to be encouraged. He wants you to be filled with joy. He wants you to have His peace. I want to give you a plan for that today. First of all, in Psalm 118, verse 24, I have a lot of scriptures to share with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice that we can have today. This is the day. This is a great gift of life that God has given us today. When you opened your eyes and you saw that you were still alive this morning, one person said it sure beats the alternative. This is the day that the Lord has given you and granted you one more day. We don't know if the Lord's granted you any more days, but we know for today He has given you this gift once again. So this is the day the Lord has made for you and given you. We will determine and make the choice to rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. One more day God has given you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just enjoy this moment that God has given you. Rejoice. John 6 and verse 47 the Bible tells us God has not only given you the gift of this day to rejoice in, but God has given you the gift of eternal life. How many have eternal life dwelling within their soul today? Now, regardless of how tough things get, regardless of how discouraged this life can become, remember that God has given you this day and God has given you eternal life, and in that gift alone, you have more than all the treasures of this world can offer. Jesus Christ died for you on the cross of Calvary. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. What's the worth of everlasting life? It's worth everything, dear friend. It's worth anything. The life that God has given you of this day, the life of eternity that God has given you in Jesus Christ is enough that you ought to have a smile on your face. That you know where you're going. You know where you're headed. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.8 verse 28. There is another passage of Scripture. Romans 8.28. Regardless of how things may seem today, God is putting together a good plan for you. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, 
to those who are the called according to his purpose. You need to be encouraged today because, first of all, God has given you the gift of life. Number two, God is working everything together for good in your life if you love him. How many love him today? Praise God. Because God says he's working everything together for good for you. Everything. Let's say that word together. Everything. Yes, everything. Just like the potluck dinners that we have. He's working it all together. He is merging it all together. There may be some days that are tough. There may be some situations in your life that are not easy, that are difficult, but he's promising that it's all coming together, all working together, all of it, like the weave of a basket. It's all coming together for good. Ultimately, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be good. All things are working together for good in your life. You've had a bad day, don't worry. You've had a bad week, don't worry. Month, whatever. It's all working together for good. We've got to believe God's word. How many know that God is not a liar? That's what Romans 8.28 says. And either you've got to believe it or you've got to throw it out of the Bible. It's either true or it's a lie that all things are working together for good. If you love God... And I choose to believe his word. How about you? It's all coming together. We may not be able to see it right now, but it's coming together. And it's going to be good. Would you say amen? Look with me in Philippians 4 and verse 11. The third reason you ought to be encouraged today is no matter how rough things may seem, things could be worse. Have you come across someone who, who has it worse than you do? Do you have a place to eat? Hello? Do you have food to eat? A place to live? Do you have people that care about you or that you care about them? Do you have clothes to wear? Someone said once, I used to complain I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Someone has it worse than you do. Philippians 4 and verse 11, Paul the Apostle said this, who had been thrown to the deep, had been uh, attempted to be killed on several occasions, been uh, shipwrecked and all of these things. He says, uh, for I have learned that whatever state that I am, be content. Regardless of what things are like today, find your peace in God and just trust him to work out the details in your life. All things are working together for your good. Fourth reason you ought to be encouraged today is found in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1 and verse 3 and in 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. This is exciting. This is enough to get encouraged, enough about to begin to shout. Now, does anybody understand, you know, the shouting of joy? All you've got to do is watch who wants to be a millionaire to figure that out. And, you know, when they win that million dollars, have you ever seen the show? Have you ever watched it up to that point? 
And have you ever seen the person who's won the million bucks? And how do they react? Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Reg. That, that was really sweet. Thanks a lot. I'll be looking for the check. Goodbye. Is that how they act? Did you know what God has promised you and what we're reading about this morning makes shambles out of a million dollars? A million dollars could not buy you the peace that comes from above. A million bucks is not comparable to what God has promised you in his word. And yet, on uh, shows like that, people will come apart when they win something. In fact, you don't even have to win a million bucks for many people to come unglued. We need to start believing that God has given us what he has promised to the place that it makes a difference in our, our life and our behavior. Amen? You have been given great blessings and promises that exceed Regis Philbin's blessings. Or let's make a deal, or even uh, the score of a football game where people will shout and go ballistic. You have been given promises that come from above. Ephesians 1 and verse 3, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And in 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. God has extended to you his promises that you be, can be a partaker of his heavenly nature, of the kingdom of God. As it was with Jesus, he says, pray that the Father's will be done here as it is in heaven. That's the kind of blessing that we have from God, that we can pray and we can get answers to prayer, that we can, we can touch heaven and God can touch us at our point of need and make a difference in our life. This is the kind of God that we serve, and it's time that we got excited about him. Would you say amen? How about prayer? Look with me in Scripture, Matthew 7 and verse 7. And oh, we can just read passage after passage after passage about prayer. Matthew 7 and verse 7, or John 14, 13, or John 16, 24, or James 4, 2, or 1 John 3, 22, for instance, or maybe 1 John 5, 14. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you've asked nothing, ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I could just about get excited on that. And we haven't even stopped finding reasons to be encouraged. I hope you've come to find reasons today to be encouraged. I hope that you came today, Pastor, give me a reason to walk out of here encouraged, because I've got some more. Look with me in Romans 8.31. We preached a sermon on this just a while back. If God's on your side, what does it matter who's on the other side? If God is on your side, who cares? Who's on the other side? 
The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Friend, it doesn't matter if IBM is against you. It doesn't matter if the state of California is against you or even the United States of America. It doesn't matter if Bill Clinton frowns at you. It doesn't matter if God be for you, who can be against you? And I want you to know, God is still top dog. He's still in charge. He's still the biggest and the best. And if God's for you, and if he's on your side, then be at peace. Be at rest. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse 6, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? First John 4 and verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. <laughs> greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. <laughs> greater is he that is in you than he who resides in the White House. <laughs> greater is he that is in you than he or they that reside in this world. The seventh reason you ought to be encouraged today is found in Romans 4 and verse 7. I can stand before God Almighty today, washed, cleansed, something that cannot be bought with all of earth's money. God Almighty, the sovereign king of this universe, will look upon my heart and see not blackness and not sin, but he will see the whiteness, the washed condition, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just when it looked like we might be discouraged. Just when it looked like we might have a bad day and we ought to be down in the dumps. We can just remember this. That Jesus looks upon you as cleansed, as white, as snow, washed of all of your sins, not a spot, not a wrinkle, nothing in you that is by the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed you. Your faith and your apprehension of what he has done for you, holding fast to what Jesus has done, God sees you washed, white, cleansed, pure. And we thought we were having a bad day. And then we were, were reminded, God sees my heart cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's enough to run out in the highway and start sprinting 55 miles an hour on. Praise God. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Your sins are covered, forgotten, forgiven. The Bible says, cast as far as the east is from the west. Now I wonder how far that is. How far is the east from the west? That's how far your sins have been removed from you. It's time to rejoice. We have a God that loves us. We have a God that's on the throne of our heart, that has washed us, that's cleansed us. He's on our side. He'll answer our prayers. He has given us the gift of life. He's working a good plan together for us. Even if things seem tough, it could always be worse. And we've been given multiple promises 6,000 of them, as a matter of fact, in God's Word. Hallelujah. And on top of that, your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
That just makes us want to chuckle to ourselves. The eighth reason you ought to be encouraged today is that there is no more condemnation the devil can throw upon you. Romans 8 and verse 1, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Now the devil will try to condemn you. The devil will try to, to put you down. But then you, you hold up your, your ace card, that is Jesus. Jesus has washed me and he has cleansed me. And devil, you have no more condemnation on me. The world will try to condemn you. The world will try to find fault with you. But God sees you white and cleansed and pure, forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for his blood today? Let's give the Lord an offering of praise for his blood. The ninth reason you ought to be encouraged today is that there is not a thing in this world that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Nobody. No agency. No problem. No bad day. The devil will lie to you, and when you have a bad day, the devil will try to make you think, God doesn't love me anymore. Or when you've gone through a prolonged situation of difficulty, God doesn't love you anymore, but that's a lie. I say that's a lie. And here we have the proof in Romans 8 and verse 38. Look with me here. Paul said, and he was acquainted with this himself, he was a professional at experiencing tribulation. And he says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He was saying just about anything, or height, or depth, or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's not a problem, not a bad day, not a tribulation, not a heartache, not a death in the family, not a lost job, not a difficult situation that comes along that will separate you from the love of God. And if you have a problem, if you have a heartache, then just hang on. Because God's got a better day coming for you because he's working together all things for a good outcome. And we need to shout and praise the Lord for it. The tenth reason you ought to be encouraged today is that Jesus feels burdens, that he associates, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and verse 15, we have not a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We have all sought the refuge and the counsel of someone, perhaps that has gone through things like we have. We're all hoping to find someone that can say, I understand. I've been there. I've experienced that. We have one in heaven who has. And he has been tempted in all points like as you are. He knows. He has felt your pain. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. And he loves you. And the Bible tells us 
but because in Hebrews 2 and verse 18, because he has suffered in your behalf and has felt your pain and your hurts, he will aid you when you are in that painful situation because he loves you. How do you spell relief? His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The eleventh reason you ought to be encouraged today is found in Psalm 34 and verse 19. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. God has promised to deliver you. I say God has promised to deliver you. One way or the other, sooner or later, God is going to deliver you. And the twelfth reason, ultimately, the worst thing that can happen to you, we have said it many times, die and go to heaven. John 14 and verse 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. You have a reservation in heaven. It's not like there was some vague promise. Oh, when you get around to coming, we'll find a place for you. (laughs) He has gone and prepared a place for you and I. There's a reservation up there because Jesus came and he prepared a place for you with your name. He knows all about you because your name was written in the registry of heaven, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's why... We can be encouraged today that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. On the other hand, if our name isn't written there, we need to get it written there. We need to get our reservation made. And you know, we don't have to pull out a charge card to make it because Jesus has already paid for it. All we've got to do is lay hold and claim the promise that Jesus has already acquired for us. That's life. That's forgiveness. That's our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Confess our sins. Ask God to cleanse us and wash us. We turn around from our our lifestyle and walk in the new life of following Jesus. The Bible says that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Just think of that. Your name, your name is written. It is actually written in heaven today. Your faith and your trust has been put in Jesus. Stand with me today to your feet. If your name has not been written in that book, if you have not put your faith in Jesus yet, if you have never asked him to become your Savior and Lord I would invite you today to do that so that you can have these reasons of encouragement today. Oh, where would we be without Christ? We would have to invalidate these reasons today. We would not have the same reason to be encouraged. In fact, there would be reason for great discouragement. One simple act of faith today can raise the level of our future and our life for eternity. Jesus said, though we believe in him, yet he is dead, we will live. Let's bow our heads. Our Father in heaven, 
I pray that today that you would encourage every life gathered here, encourage every Christian and every believer. And if there is one here this morning that has not yet made their reservation for heaven, if their name is not yet written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that is, if they have never put their faith and their trust in you as their Lord and Savior, let it be today. Lord, their, their heart will be joined with yours. The forgiveness will come into their heart and cleanse them, that you will see them not with the blemish of their sin, but see them with the righteousness of God through Jesus in their heart. In Jesus' name. Is there one here today that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, my heart's not right with God, but I want to be. I want to be today. Is there one here today would raise your hand Say, Pastor, my heart isn't right with God, but I want to be today. In Jesus' name, anyone here, just slip it up and slip your hand back down. In Jesus' name, anyone here? Eyes are closed or heads are bowed for just a moment. Pastor, my heart is not right with God. I'm not ready. Should God call my life today if I were to die. I'm not ready. My name isn't in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I want to be saved. But I want to be saved. On the, raise their hand today. Pastor, pray for me.
You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Hey, churchgoers. Looking for a little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspirations and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Yeah. 
and that's the reason why nobody will not stop me, dude. So I stay on the grind. I opened up my mouth and did some things get in line. We don't wanna fight out, so we push it to the side. He about to make it rain, I'm a blood on the ride. Meet me at the front so with that blood in your eye. And I'ma show you how to cross over it's over. Jehovah got love in his eyes. A lot of haters wanna block the share. But none of them wanna applaud me when it's my time. I'ma keep my head high, keep my nose to the ground.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. presentation of God Questions Ministries. What does it mean to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? To properly understand this question, you must first understand the terms Jesus Christ, personal, and Savior. Who is Jesus Christ? Many people will acknowledge Jesus Christ as a good man, a great teacher, or even a prophet of God. These things are definitely true of Jesus, but they do not fully define who he truly is. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh, God in human form. God came to earth to teach us, heal us, correct us, forgive us, and die for us. 
Jesus Christ is God, the Creator, the Sovereign Lord. Have you accepted this Jesus? What is a Savior, and why do we need a Savior? The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We have all committed evil acts. Romans 3, verses 10-18 As a result of our sin, we deserve God's anger and judgment. The only just punishment for sins committed against an infinite and eternal God is an infinite punishment. Romans 6, verse 23 That is why we need a Savior. Jesus Christ came to earth and died in our place. Jesus' death was an infinite payment for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. Romans 5, verse 8. Jesus paid the price so that we would not have to. Jesus' resurrection from the dead proved that his death was sufficient to pay the penalty for our sins. That is why Jesus is the one and only Savior. John 14, verse 6. Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? Is Jesus your personal Savior? Many people view Christianity as attending church, performing rituals, and or not committing certain sins. That is not Christianity. True Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Accepting Jesus as your personal Savior means placing your own personal faith and trust in Him. No one is saved by the faith of others. No one is forgiven by doing certain deeds. The only way to be saved is to personally accept Jesus as your Savior, trusting in His death as the payment for your sins and His resurrection as your guarantee of eternal life. John 3, verse 16. Is Jesus personally your Savior? If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, say these words to God. Remember, though, saying this prayer or any other prayer will not save you. Only believing in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross for you can save you from sin. This prayer is simply a way to express to God your faith in Him and to thank Him for providing for your salvation. God, I know that I have sinned against you and deserve punishment, but I believe Jesus Christ took the punishment I deserve so that through faith in him I could be forgiven. I receive your offer of forgiveness, and I place my trust in you for salvation. I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. Amen. Have you made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because of what you've read here? If so, please send us an email at questions at gotquestions.org. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org. My name is Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live united. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes so we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what Living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, Live United. 
Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Is work a high calling? Andy said, yeah, if you're Bill Gates or Bono, if you have millions of dollars to fight disease or feed the hungry. From Andy's perspective, work was work, period, especially since company downsizing had lowered his position and pay. So this verse broadsided him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Whoa! Andy had seen those words before, but when circumstances were much different. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. In Colossians 3, Paul lays it out. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For Andy, that reminder became a game changer. Those simple words return us all to the high calling of our daily work. Was there really a worldwide flood as we read about in the Bible? This is the Creation Moments Minute. Today, it is considered scholarly to reject the Bible's account of a worldwide flood. Some say the flood recorded in the Bible was only a local event. The problem with these scholarly claims is that there were too many witnesses who disagree with them. We can test these scholars' claims. If the Bible's account of a worldwide flood is true, it was witnessed by every person on earth. The story of this event would have been passed down to their descendants and spread across the whole face of the earth. Researchers have cataloged some 270 stories of an ancient, destructive flood in various cultures around the world. A large majority of these stories have been shown to predate any Christian influence. We'll take a look at some of those tomorrow. For Creation Moments Minute, I'm Darren Marlar. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Well, that's good to you truly until tonight at at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Nation Talk, right here on Talk Stream Radio. Until then, God bless you, and have a good Father's Day. I am Jewish. Can I become a Christian? A presentation of God Questions Ministries. What a wonderful question. Here's my story, the story of another Jew, like yourself, who had asked this very same question many years ago. I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home in New York. Several years ago, I came to believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, the Hebrew way to say the Greek name Jesus, is truly the Jewish Messiah. Believing that Yeshua is the Messiah wasn't easy. I had many, many questions, and I spent months examining the evidences and seeking God's answers. During my journey, I constantly reminded myself of a very important verse from the Jewish scriptures, the Tanakh. The Jewish prophet Jeremiah records the words of God, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. The Jewish scriptures, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings, which make up the Tanakh, or the Jewish Bible, paint a very clear picture of who the Mashiach, or Messiah, will be when he eventually comes to the nation of Israel. In fact, there are over 300 prophecies in the Hebrew Scriptures, which detail many facts about this coming Messiah King. Here is just a sampling, and remember, all of these verses come from the Jewish Bible. Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5, verse 1. Messiah would be from the tribe of Judah, Genesis 49, verse 10. Messiah would present himself by riding on an ass, Zechariah 9, verse 9. Messiah would be tortured to death, Psalm 22. Messiah would arrive before the destruction of the second temple, Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. Messiah's life would match a particular description, including suffering, silence at his arrest and trial, death and burial in a rich man's tomb, and resurrection, Isaiah 52, verse 13 through chapter 53, verse 12. Christian prophecy is remarkably specific. In detail as to lineage, birthplace, time, and lifestyle, Jesus matched the messianic expectations of the Hebrew scriptures. The record of this fulfillment is to be found in the pages of the New Testament. As you review the more extensive list of Jewish messianic prophecies, allow God to speak to your heart and to your mind as you seek His truth. Interestingly, the Jewish scriptures paint seemingly two different pictures about the Messiah to come. For one, they talk about the Messiah who will come as the reigning king, who will usher in a period of unprecedented peace on earth. But many verses talk about the Mashiach, who will be a suffering servant, who will suffer and die for the sins of the people. For many hundreds of years, the rabbis believed that there would be two Messiahs, the King Mashiach ben David and the suffering servant Mashiach ben Joseph. The rabbis, unfortunately, were not able to see that one Messiah would accomplish both missions. Christian prophecy was indeed fulfilled in the Jewish Messiah. Yeshua came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel 2,000 years ago. He came, as Isaiah chapter 53 so clearly states, to die and suffer for the sins of the Jewish people. He came to the nation of Israel, but was rejected. If the Jews would have accepted his once-for-all atonement for sins, Yeshua would have ushered in the kingdom of heaven at that point in history. But the Jews did not recognize him, even though they had the word of God in their own Hebrew scriptures and more than 300 descriptions of who he would be when he comes. They missed him. As a result, 
the good news of God's kingdom went forth to the Gentile world. And for 2,000 years now, both Jew and Gentile have come together in Mashiach, looking forward to his soon return as reigning king, just as the rabbis have always expected. Although the nation of Jews rejected Yeshua when he came, God has always, through the last 2,000 years, kept a remnant of believing Jews for himself. I and many thousands of Jews alive today have received Yeshua as their Lord and Savior and Mashiach. We have been blessed with new life in him, and we look forward to eternal life with him in God's heavenly kingdom. I realize this is a lot to digest. I believe God's Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, has drawn you to this information. I pray that you will continue your examination of the evidences of who Jesus really is and his claims to be the Jewish Messiah in fulfillment of Hebrew prophecy. And remember the words of Yeshua, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Perhaps Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, is standing at the door of your heart right now. Consider him. Open the door and allow him to come into you. This has been a presentation of God Questions Ministries, www.gotquestions.org. Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead. From the death of sin, you are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? 
are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin, come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.